Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. I am joined by my friend Scott Fontana. As always, you can follow him at Scott underscore Fontana. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen. And as always, we talk judging in MMA. So make sure you brushed up on the criteria. Scott has a voice problem, which is an issue for an audio podcast, but I think he'll be able to power through uh, mostly. I'm sure there's some people who would say I had a voice problem before, but this is, this is like <laughs> a different one. This is, this is one that's not normal. So you guys can hear me and I don't sound normal, but this is about as best as I've sounded since uh, well, we're recording on Sunday night, Wednesday. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I mean, you're not, you're not as bad as Froggy from Little Rascals, but I could see you cutting in and out a little bit, and it's not—it's not your headphones, folks. No, 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 no. Your your equipment is working correctly. Mine is not. <laughs> anyway, Scott, we we had a big weekend of MMA. We had Bellator three hundred, UFC eighty, uh, Bobby UFC Green, UFC Vegas eighty, UFC. I'm sorry, I, I apologize. UFC Vegas eighty, the eightieth event in the Apex, the warehouse. Uh, that was not considered to be a pay per view uh-huh. numbered event. <laughs> So, it still gets complicated from there. Oh, it's 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 wild. Uh, but Bellator 300 is their 300th event. I don't think. Does the Bellator Risings complicate things? Kinda. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this it's is a little right. weird. Yeah. Number. To, They've also got some strange like Monster Energy drink or something like that events they did that I don't even think they actually aired on TV. That they're kind of Bellator events, but they it's complicated. It's their 300th numbered event. Just take okay. it. Okay. That's what it is, the 300th, uh, and they did advertise 301, so it will still be Bellator. Ostensibly. Um, anyway, Bobby Green looked fantastic for the, about the 30 seconds we saw him, knocking out Grant Dawson. Over in uh, in the Apex. Yeah, do you think there's anything, what, what's next for him? He said he just, he just, he's tired of calling out names, he just wants to fight on certain dates, he doesn't even care who it's against. Well, Dane is saying he, they're going to see about maybe getting him another fight this year, which... Sounds fine. I mean, someone like him, I don't think he really wants to waste time. Yeah, he said December, so. That would be fine. Anyone in mind? You know what they haven't done yet? They've been trying. Third time might be the charm. It's a bad matchup for him. I know where you're going. Jim Miller. It's a bad matchup for him. For for Bobby Green? For Bobby Green. Yeah. He will he will get Oma plotted, Kamorid, <laughs> something with a shoulder, and it's just, it's, it's over for him. I wonder if they would bother doing that just because I, I Yeah, I they feel don't like, want to. Well, all this hype. Obviously, they want to protect Bobby Green. I exactly, get what, yeah. like you're saying, but right. I, you know, but in addition to to what you would say, um, I think it's probably a little bit that like, well, he just beat the number ten ranked guy. He'd probably end up with a number in there somewhere. And Jim hasn't fought a guy with a number in a little while. I don't know if that's what they want to do with him. I think I still think it's a matchup that makes sense to me. But I I can see why maybe that's not going to happen. Makes a lot of sense. But I'd also like to see him fight Dan Hooker. I think that would be a fun matchup. You know what? That would be a lot of fun. There's honestly there's a lot of things you could do with Bobby Green, but you know it just feels like this was a fight that should have happened. And I, and I know again, I know there's there's momentum and technically Jim is would be fighting backwards, but I think it's still an interesting fight and I think people would like it. All right, I'm I'm always down for a Jim Miller fight, just as long as it doesn't mess up his schedule for the UFC 300. Right. Well, I mean, uh, he's, he's probably got to so. get one more in before then. Anyway, I think they're tracking 300 to be somewhere around Mayish, if I'm not I mistaken. Mean, at or March, maybe right? it is. The end of the year is 296. Yeah, it'll be 96. So probably April or May. You're right. Yeah, yeah. April, May. Anyway, that's what they want. Probably it'll probably be April or maybe. I mean, shoot, sometimes they do two in 
March. Maybe it'll be the end of March. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll just. I don't. It's weird because all the other milestone ones, 100 and 200, they ended up being in July at like the same weekend. And for whatever reason, they the calculus got thrown off this time. Eh, it happens. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, COVID did a lot of damage. I would think to that schedule. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. But well, we were off for a while. We were, but from pay per views. Yeah, but then they got back on track. It wasn't that long. <laughs> Remember, you know, they had one in March, and then they had one in May. So they really that's only lost tr- a month. You know, that's true. I do feel like I my, my credit card got hit with eighty dollars in rapid succession. Well, it wasn't a few times. Yeah, you know, so back, way back, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, pay per views were only a nickel, <laughs> and now they're ninety thousand dollars. You got to get a mortgage every time you yeah. want to watch, you know, Azura Adesanya fight against Sean Strickland, which obviously we know what happened there, but no one thought that was going to happen. I mean, it's only October, but I have not seen the news. That the pay-per-views will go up another $5, as well, the trend was every single year. It, no, but they won't announce that until the end of the year anyway. Oh, that's that, usually comes out December? Yeah, it, it always breaks during that break where oh, we've got, okay. you know, there's no events going on. And then you'll find out, oh, surprise, January, we're going to, yeah. you're going to be paying $90 billion. And you're going to pay it anyway. And, you know, you know you're going to. We're just going to so. find the upper limit of where you push back <laughs> and say no more. And then we'll hold it there. Yep. Until eventually you decide you want it, and we'll do that, and then, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> I mean, I sort of get it, but man, it's a way to alienate people. Oh, for sure. But uh, moving on to Bellator, Usman Nurmaga Madoff cruised to a 50-45 on all three scorecards against, uh, who did he fight? Brett Premis. Brett Premis. I actually did not get a chance to watch this yet. I was at a wedding okay. on Saturday, so I I watched, like... A little bit on my phone here and there. Okay. So, yeah. but but I, you know, because it was a unanimous one, and and uh, and and the fact that it was kind of a one sided fight, I just yeah. didn't, I didn't have the time or the inclination to pick pick it up today. So, but I do want to watch it. Yeah. I, while I was I was watching this alongside watching USC in Arizona in a in a classic game of college football, so I wasn't really com- paying attention to score. But you knew Usman was winning easily everywhere it went on the ground on the feet. Guy seems like he he could be the total package here. No go go plot of threats from premise. I, I think he threw up rubber guard once, and like Usman was like, "No posture, bang in the face." Yeah, see, that's <laughs> the problem is he didn't go for the flying go go plata. That was it was it was probably there. I didn't watch the fight, but I assume it was there. There was one. There was one interesting part of the fight. You'll you'll see it. I forget what round it is, but uh, Usman goes for a trip against the fence. He has a clinch, and he goes for a trip. Premise grabs the fence to keep it standing. They separate, and Usman lands like a combo, and Jason Herzog stops him, resets the position against the cage of how they were, and then Usman gets a trip takedown like he originally planned so, on it. So so he stops it with a foul. So there's going to be a foul. Yeah. Repositions it could, it could, against it, the but, cage. But they continue fighting, and then... Well, yeah, like or or was, got, it, was this a rapid discussion? It's kind of right in a row. He threw a couple more. He threw like a punch or two. That doesn't sound like something Jason Herzog would do. But and then, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. No, he, got, he was he was praised for it. I think he handled it perfectly. Okay, cool. Um, And the, it was the exact same sequence. It's like, okay, we were drilling this. You grabbed the fence on the first drill, and then the second one you didn't. And it happened exactly, exactly how it was supposed to happen. Uh, so good on Jason Herzog there. Sure. Assuming Bellator gets... To finish this Grand Prix, I, I I think they will. You hope so. I hope. Um, do you think Alexander Shabley or Pat, uh, Patricky Pitbull could beat Usman Nurmagomedov in a final? You know, I actually wouldn't rule out Shabley. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's Shabley or Shabley. It's probably Shabley, but um, not too uh, shabby Shabley. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't rule him out. He's he's an interesting. I don't know if prospects the right word, but he's an interesting lightweight. Okay. Um, 
I, I think he would fit in against some pretty talented dudes too. Um, but I mean, I would I would have to think this is lo- basically all along has been Nurmagomedov's to lose, um, and Nurmagomedovs don't really lose. Yeah, that name that name tends to win often, except for the offshoots. Which, which <laughs> one's not related? Is it? Is it? Uh, uh, oh goodness, I can't remember which one. Umar is not Umar not related? No, Umar is related. Umar is related. Yeah, there's many of them. Um, it might be. Oh God, Abu Bakar. Okay. I don't think he's related. I think right. he I think he just happens to also be named Nurmagomedov. But you know what? Who knows? My voice is going, maybe my brain is too. Okay. Yeah. So my voice is coming. That's the crazy thing. As as terrible as I sound and I sound atrocious, right, everybody? Um they this, agree. Is, this is so much better. This is so much better than it was. <laughs> uh the judging was, was, was pretty great. Um on the whole, UFC Vegas eighty. 18 of 19 unanimous rounds for a, basically a 95% unan, unan, unanimity uh, rating. The only split round was a 9-8 split. So they agreed on on the winners on every single fight, and one round was a 9-8 split. You just don't see that very often. Uh, that, was, I mean, that was impressive. Junichiro Camillo is to blame for this. Non-100. Come on, Juni. Messed up. Take him off the cards. <laughs> I don't want to see his name again. Take his license. <laughs> And then at Bellator 300 over in San Diego, um, there's a maximum of 30 out of 38. We don't have some postlim scores. They haven't been posted yet by uh, the PR team at Bellator. We actually don't have any of the postlim scores, but we do. Have, well, we don't have the the score cards, but what we do have is two fights that were unanimous 30-27s with uh, with a 30-26 thrown in there. So we just know that okay. there's one round each. But there's a 29-28 unanimous, which in theory they're all agreeing, or in theory they're all wrong. It could, yeah, it could be three. We're not wrong, but out of step. All three contested. We had one of those recently. That, yeah. was, that wasn't fun. And it's I thought, fun. I thought worrying about two, three is a nightmare. <laughs> I know. So 30, 30 out of 38, 78.9% uh, is the max that we have. Uh, once we get solid those scores, job, either we'll, way, we'll know for sure. You, yeah. Good job, anyway. Above, above average, regardless. I'll have to reach out to. Alan uh, or Andy Foster in mm. California. See if we can get those. I'm sure we can. Um, why don't we move on to contested rounds? We have plenty of them. No, nah, I want to talk. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear me talk. Uh, we'll start with the UFC. There was uh, one, like we said, one contested round was an eight nine split in round three of Joaquin Buckley versus Alex Morono, in which Buckley won uh, thirty twenty seven twice and thirty twenty six. Round three was the possible ten eight. So what's happening there, man? Why don't we get in there? Yeah. I think it's a very good round for Buckley. Morono is still returning fire, but he's getting hit with some big shots from Buckley. At no point did I really think Morono was as hurt as the broadcast was making. I thought he was just more tired than anything. Uh, he was shooting desperate takedowns. Uh, seems to me that's where he really wanted to fight. He did get a takedown to side control, did nothing with it. Buckley stood right back up. I think Buckley's landing with some solid damage. He busted up the lip a bit. He doesn't have really uh, a lot of duration. During the round, uh, he did eat some shots from Morono. The thing is, he gets a takedown late, and on the ground, he doesn't uh, really do much. He doesn't let his hands go to try to pass or, or or land some big shots there. I think it's a very strong nine. There's only one way to score it, and that's for Buckley. So I'm good with an eight. I don't really have any Ds other than damage, and that's the one you need. I just don't have it uh, to the degree where you can get it on your own. Yeah, even, even damage. I mean, there's good damage here, right? But like... I guess I would have liked to have seen him be even a little more just to feel real solid about it. Maybe maybe I'm bloodlusting here, you know, I don't know. But um it this was 
This was definitely an unusual eight nine split. I thought I'm a little surprised that we were talking about it. Okay, um, but you know, I mean, it's a, like you said, it's it's a, it's a heavy nine. Um, you know, a ten eight and a half or a ten eight and CSJ like we we like we do. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't, I don't think a nine or I don't think an eight qualifies here. You know, it's the third round. It doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, it does. You know, we obviously talk about it and we care, but yeah, it's it, it didn't affect the result of the fight. So it's really just kind of a degrees thing. I, I yeah, I, I disagree, but it's it's not offensive. Yeah. It's not offensive. And if if this is the Joaquin Buckley we're gonna get at welterweight, we're in for some fun fights where this this guy's not gonna gas. And yeah, Morono's no joke. So. Morono really isn't a joke there. He's mm-hmm. he's that's a solid win. I'm curious to see where they what they do with him next. I think he's still got. You know, he's got to get a couple more before mm-hmm. he starts getting the real top guys yeah. there. But, but yeah, it's a good way. For sure. Um, and we're going to go over one more round from UFC that was unanimous across the board because uh, it wasn't unanimous for Twitter. And they lost their minds on this. Uh, we're talking about Vanessa Demopoulos defeating Kanako Murata. Which is what I predicted would be the one we would talk about on the show anyway. And we are talking about Technically, it. I was wrong, but also <laughs> right. Uh, oh, I should say, did we did we mess the judges from the previous fight? Uh, Sal D'Amato and no, Jake, we didn't. We didn't do the breakdown. Sal D'Amato and Jacob Montalvo had it ten nine. Buckley, yes, uh, Scott and I did, and Junichiro Camillo had the ten eight uh, for Buckley. There, like I said, take his license. He should never see it. <laughs> he, he shouldn't be allowed to watch fights anymore for this. This is a horrible decision. How could he? How could you, Camillo? Uh, all right, back to the Twitter rage. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos defeats Kanako Murata. Unanimous decision. Twenty nine, twenty eight. Unanimous. And all rounds unanimous. All rounds were unanimous. There really, there really was only one way to score each round, and I think the judges got it right. Uh, Twitter does not think so because they think top position auto wins. So what what were people saying? Because you got to catch me up. I missed. Okay, this. Uh, mostly the gambling community. Get uh, out of here for sure. They uh, were mad. They were they no, were mad. not I, them. And I want. I want to. I t- I tweeted out. I said, listen. 29-28 either way probably makes sense. And Aaron Aaron Bronstetter had it. He had it for Murata, but he said, listen, round two is a lot closer than it looks. Mm. Uh, everyone else was off the handle. Okay. Uh, one guy said, you don't, you, you, how do you, you know, you've gone so far away from, you know, crediting grappling that someone earns four minutes and 11 seconds of control. And they, just because the other person outstrikes them by five strikes, they get the round. And it's like no, you're 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 simplifying it way too much. Sounds like they want robo umps. <laughs> I will take robo umps behind the plate uh, for strike zone. Yeah, that's one so, thing. But no, robo judges wouldn't say wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't be good here. Listen, she spent most of the round on her back for sure, Demopolis. But in the beginning of the round, she landed some good knees on the feet that led to her getting taken down. She controlled it from the bottom. It's not like she was controlled and trying to get up and couldn't get up. Murata guard is a neutral position. Murata was being held into guard while Demopoulos was was trying to find a sub. She couldn't find any any real real strong attacks, but she was the one keeping it the fight there. She was landing heavy elbows. Uh, I don't know what DC was talking about. Say Murata landed some solid strikes in this round. I don't really remember any of those. No, no, no. I'll I'll, I'll, see, I'll correct you here. I mean, not correct you, but I'll I'll amend what you're saying. Mm. DC fell in love with the Donkey Kong. 
oh. King Kong double fist that missed throwings that completely missed the yes, four absolutely. the four attempts he that completely missed loved them he thought they were fantastic he's like do it again do it again <laughs> and it wasn't working any the first time it wasn't working the second time but yes he saw those as like those were good but they didn't they land weren't, they weren't landing I mean, the elbows from the bottom they weren't the strongest elbow we've ever seen but they no. were good elbows. They were uh, fine. I mean, when you when you look at if you literally just look at the exchange at the ground, like you could see how they would be, you know, maybe worth it compared to what she was absorbing back. But I don't think they were even that strong to begin with. There, there was no steam on anything Murata's throwing. Yeah, no, it's just fair. it's just touching. It's just touching. I I think I think this round is a Demopolis round and a perfect example of how someone on their back can win a round. And- I- for me, I just get I get frustrated with the, the idea that they're they're calling top control. Literally anybody anytime someone is on top of another person, even if you're in their guard, who's in control of that position? If you're in Damian Maya's guard and he's got you, you know, in mission control or something like that. I'm just you know hypotheticals here. Hypotheticals here. Who is the one who's got top control that based on the UFC statistics, which is really what people start to care about. They they just see the number and they adopt it as a reason that you need to give it to him, but that's not really what it is. And judges don't have those numbers and that's not the way the criteria works. Yeah. They even, they even had a little discourse with, with John Gooden and, and Paul Felder trying to figure out what name Eddie of Eddie Bravo's system. Oh, Demopo- that, yeah. Demopolis was using. And he's like, yeah, she's really, she's really just controlling here, here controlling the posture. And it's like, okay, so we're going to reward Murata with the control time yeah, in the time she's being ludicrous. controlled. It's ludicrous. It's it's it is taught to judges as a neutral position. Full guard is a neutral position. No one's technically in control of that by default. And I was thinking because we did our show last week of, of wording to change the criteria. Mm-hmm. I wish I thought of this. Like maybe we should define how certain positions should be seen in the criteria. Yeah, there's probably slight there's, edge here. There's obviously neutral you'd have there. to leave some room for um there's leeway because there's. There's so many weird positions that the body can end up yeah. in, but but yeah, I think by and large, it might not be the worst thing to define a couple of them as you know. Generally speaking, we're looking at a position that is this, you know, right? Because because we take the test of mm-hmm. all these positions. What's this position? What's that position? What's this submission? What's that? And it's yeah. If there's a so correct they have answer, to know what it is. If there's a correct answer, then it probably should just be defined in the book too. And and you know, granted most. Regular people aren't going to read that, but it still yeah. ought to just be in there. Why not? If it's being yeah. taught, why not put it in? Exactly. Um, so the three judges who all had it the way we had it for Vanessa Demopoulos. Yeah, I had it that way too. Sal D'Amato, Eric Colon, and Chris Lee. Fine score. There's really no reason why why people are up in arms. Take away their thing. licenses. No, no. <laughs> no judges. No more judges. And uh, so we're going to do one round from the Bellator main card, uh, the opener of Liz Carmouche. Uh, defending her title against Alimalay McFarlane. There were obviously a bunch more rounds from Bellator prelims and p- apparently postlims too, but we just decided to isolate to the main card. Yeah, so Carmouche uh, wins round five TKO leg kick. Alimalay was finished. That was quite a kick too. She, she really couldn't walk. Her, she came in with a knee injury, I believe. Uh, and Liz, even though they're friends, uh, eventually she she's you know I, I got to kick this and, and win this. Yeah, I mean it's I don't think it's bad sportsmanship. It's just. Trying to fight a woman, win a fight. Round one was is the round in question. I hate that we're talking about this round because it literally this round they came out like there was two friends fighting. No one really had a- any sense of, of urgency or, or or desire to hurt the other person. 
Sounds like they and, should both be removed from from uh, the title picture and, <laughs> and suspended, and someone else just gets their spot. Exactly, that's yeah. what another promotion might do. I mean, this is like this is the one exception where where friends probably should fight each other. Yeah, in in for a title. No, no, it's different. So, it is different. Uh, round one, it's just so it's it's just so that they don't really do much to either either person. It's like. Some leg kicks, some jabs, some punches. No one's really, no there, one's trying to put a stamp on it. There's anything. not a lot of scorable offense here. I it's think it's not. I think Carmouche edges it. Uh, I think if you scored it for McFarlane, it's fine. The, I just have an issue with, with this where it's such a tough round to score. You have to actually put it. These three judges had to, had to write a name down hmm. for a round like this where, where no one really, really tried to give them anything to score. Sure. Um, how'd you have it? I mean, I had it the same way. As as uh, as you for Carmouche, but I I think one of the things that when we're talking about low in, low output rounds like this, it often comes down to saying that you know they need more to score, they need to put more out there to score, right? Sometimes you would say, oh, that falls upon the referee to give make sure that they understand that they need to do that. Well, the referee in question here was Blake Grice, who mm-hmm. was our instructor yep. for the uh, the refereeing course in particular, and. At one point, with about one minute to go, he does tell them, like, you know, get to work. I don't remember the quote he said exactly, but yes, he was he was informing them, like, you got to get something done. Nothing's happening as a result of it. At at what point is a referee supposed to interject themselves in the first round of a fight? It's kind of a tough thing because they are still feeling it out. Yeah. You know, that's why I kind of, I still don't necessarily love the idea of, well, we only push it upon the referee to say, make sure there's some action to be in there. I think there are rounds where we watch them and no one really won it. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not arguing that we need to do like ten tens, I guess. I don't you're, know. you're not it, saying it, there I'm should not, be a I'm not going so far as the ten ten, okay. but I'm man, it just it feels so weird to make a round like this just as important as another round where they're actually doing stuff and it it just doesn't feel right to me. So a judge shouldn't have a button that turns on an orange light that says, I need to see something. <laughs> There's not much here to score. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, um, but but there, that's why you know the the five point system that I'd mentioned is kind of like that you know crazy idea that's yeah. never going to happen. But you know, I, I, I think understand if, it. There are people who are fans of it. It was an old kickboxing thing, right? I think if, 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 you, if, if you had that, that though, if you had that system, you would just give them both zeros and you say, well, they didn't do anything, so they don't get anything. Yeah, that's, and that's then in true. a later round, maybe you give. Liz Carmouche some more points and she can really start distancing herself. That's why I kind of like the idea of it, but it's not, it's, it's pipe dream. I, I understand that. Uh, and to go back to what you said, Blake Rice at the start of round two calls them both to the center. He says, Hey, we're in a fight. You have to fight and give these judges something to score. Mm-hmm. So he's letting them know you need to, to do something. So the judges can properly assess this fight. It's a good thing we had him on this fight because he obviously understands, you know, as, as someone who instructs and teaches, um, he understands all these perspectives on it. So um, great job by Blake Grice, yeah. who's a referee that honestly, if you don't watch Bellator, you almost never see him. He doesn't work a whole lot of UFC events. It just for whatever reason, they don't go to the commissions where he tends to work as often. Um, but terrific official. And I think it was really great that he was on this title fight and be able to show mm-hmm. that, hey, this is what a good official is supposed to do. Yeah, I, I've seen him on uh, Contender Series. Obviously, we're a little so. biased here, right? You know, like, oh, we, yeah. you were in the course. Obviously. I understand that. But, um, again, good job by, by Blake. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the breakdown for the judging in this round, Brian Miner and Felicia O were in the majority with me and Scott for 10-9 Carmouche, while Ron McCarthy scored a 10-9 McFarlane. Like we said, there's really no issue. Take his license. Either way there. 
<laughs> Everyone's unlicensed after this one. That's right. Like I said, no so. more judges. <laughs> That does it for the contested rounds. Like we said, there was some, there was more, more rounds from Bellator and that the we just didn't get to. Rounds too. We're done with those. Yeah, uncontested rounds. Yeah. The outrage. Uh, we're on to the finishes at UFC. We had four finishes: three TKO or KO. I see you changed it. I always upsets it. me. Uh, one sub and three happened in the first round. The sub was the only one that made it to the second round. Uh, Bellator had seven finishes, four TKOs, three subs, four in the first round. By the way, all those were, in fact, actual TKOs. There was no KO. I, well, I was actually figuring that because yeah. there's no parentheses mm-hmm. here. Uh, or slash. Yeah, there should be a slash. This is a very <laughs> in-joke that no one should care about. <laughs> what was your favorite of the Cross at All? Um, you know, I didn't get to watch every single thing like I would like to, but I did. I watched as many of the big ones as I could, and I really liked uh, Drew Dober's finish of Rick Glenn where he's just destroying him with left hands. It's just like, it's just left and left and left when they're standing, and then left and left and left one on the yeah. ground. It, it's... Man, I can't believe Rick Glenn took as many as those as he did. Because Drew Dober, as we know, hits real, real hard. It was just like um, two minutes of, of "I hope I survive." Yeah, it was about <laughs> like it was just over a half round. Yeah, that was that was an impressive performance and a good bounce back for uh, for Dober after losing to Matt Frivola. We yeah. were there for that one, right? Are you were you in Newark for that fight? I can't remember. Newark? Did you go to? Yeah, Newark? yeah I, mean, I made it to Newark. Yeah, 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 yeah. we were both there. Then. Yep. Uh, I still picture where I was exactly at that point. Yeah, I was in my seat. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> what was your favorite? Uh, Joe Pfeiffer put in Abdul Razak Al-Hassan to sleep. A super, super tight arm triangle. He almost got it in the first round standing, made a mistake. Yeah, Al-Hassan was able to get out. But in the second round on the ground, he locked this in. It was, It's probably one of the tightest arm triangles I think I can re- remember. And Al-Hassan... He's, he's not even able to get his body super low because the cage was impacting yeah, him. He was, yeah, he, it, was, it, was, it was a squeeze. Oh, it looked half. like a great squeeze. I mean, you, you kind of knew he had it even without it, but you're like, man, if he could only have gotten it lower, it might have been a little quicker. And, and then Al-Hassan starts punching the shoulder. We all know it's a tap. He's tapping, but he's tapping with a fist. Yeah, it was a so little strange. Like Mark, Mark Smith's like, are you tapping? And then he's like... <sighs> I, so okay yeah it's over i was that i actually watched that one on my phone with my brother-in-law uh at the, at the wedding and i'm watching and i'm like i it looks like he means to tap but that's not like what you would think of as a tap so i don't know yeah you know and obviously i'm watching it at a wedding so it's and on my phone so you know how, how great is my view on this but yeah, I did. It, did it look like a tap to you, like as I, it was live? It felt like okay. I know he's tapping. Yeah, but he also has a fist, so I don't know if these are just final attempts, and he's just he's just willing to go to sleep, and he's just going out fighting. I feel like with so much so, gray area lately, with the way people have tapped or not mm-hmm. tapped or been limp or not limp and that kind of thing, I feel like mm-hmm. Mark Smith was probably just trying to make sure everything was crystal clear when he did it. Yeah. And I, I think it was probably smart too, especially in a choke. Because yeah, if, if it wasn't in a joint lock. And you're doing that, you, you know, it could end and well, you're out for the next six months, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you don't want him to be out for too long. Obviously, there are dangers there. But uh, I, I think I think Mark Smith handled it perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, I got, I, I got was, no issues. Yeah. That, but, but yeah, super good win for Joe Pfeiffer. You got to start seeing where he goes against some other competitions. Yeah. Probably probably due for an upgrade. Well, I think for sure. Yeah. So that does it for UFC 80 or Vegas 80 and uh, Bellator 300. Looking ahead to next week, we got uh, UFC Vegas 81. 81. Headlined by uh, Sodiq Youssef taking on Edson Barboza at 145. What do you think of this fight? I like it. I I, I um I, I had different ideas for what they could do about Barboza, but I was probably pushing him a little higher than the UFC wanted. But this this has fireworks written on it. 
mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I And I think the winner of it can really go on to some interesting fights, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you don't make picks, right? No, I don't no, like to make no picks. No pick making. I don't like to make picks. He is just... I don't want to upset anybody. There's no <laughs> point. No one cares what I think yeah, anyway. There's like a few... like. Sometimes my, you know, my brother-in-law or, or or someone else I know will be like, "Hey, you got in this fight?" And I, you know, I'll tell them, but you know, I because I, I have ideas. Yeah. I don't sit here not thinking about it. But Far I just... from the days of a uh, little gym next to a pancake shop, mm-hmm. when I'd ask you who you, who do you like in this, and you're like this guy, I'm like, I like this guy. And they're like, you're like, you want to give me twenty bucks when you're wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do that. I got a lot of twenty dollar <laughs> bills from you. It was pretty good. That's pretty good. I think you beat me one time, and then it probably, we probably just stopped after. I hundred percent should have won that uh, Condit Diaz, but I'll stop. Whatever, stop. It's a long time ago. I'll let it go one day. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is, of course, in Nevada. Yeah, so. we're in Nevada, so we'll, we'll and see they're not this. split. We don't have some in California and some in Nevada. We got we got the whole the whole crew is there, so everyone who's available and wants to take it, it's pretty much there. Probably gonna be there. Yeah. Uh, any other fights you're looking forward to? Uh, I like Chris Gutierrez and Alateng Haile. I think Alateng Haile is a little bit... I think he was a last... Uh, like a, he's a replacement, if I'm not mistaken, oh. to come in because it's a little bit of a weird booking against Gutierrez, who's you know, built some real momentum. Um, but I think it's going to be a good fight. You know? Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to see what Gutierrez does because he's got a, a style that really you just don't see a whole okay. lot of it anyway with, you know, focus on the leg kicks and that kind of thing. Very, very hard leg kicks, like, looks like the whole base of his attack almost. Looks like Yaya was supposed to fight Alaten Kylie. It looks like Gutierrez is stepping in on oh, short oh, notice. Oh, okay. That's All what right. It looks like. Probably just wanted to fight. Typology. All right. So. Sure. Other other fights that stood out to me were Jonathan Martinez and Adrian Yanez at one thirty five. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's see how Yanez be... bounces back because that yeah. was that was you know a tough loss. Day. Mm-hmm. He built so much momentum and losing to Rob Font's no joke, but <laughs> he's, you know it was it was a big loss. Yeah, for uh, for sure. Uh, and Martinez has a lot of momentum. Hope too, they still so. send him Dr Pepper. I'm sure he found a way to get some okay. Dr Pepper. Good. Uh, it's and... not that expensive. <laughs> Anytime Darren Elkins is on the card, we want to see it because uh, we the know damage going to be some. Some damage, some blood. Mm-hmm. And and we're really just rooting for him to have a poor quality of life later on. And Not also, true, but unfortunately we worry. And you added this one also. I uh, did. Terrence McKinney versus Brandon Marotti. Marot? 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 I don't know. At he's a late replacement. He is, as of this week, he's, he's stepping in. Didn't have a, a fight for, didn't have a fighter for him as of Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, this was this was just announced, or not announced, but I guess he kind of announced it, T-Mac. Or he's, T-Rex. He's been fighting T-Mac. a lot recently, so he's, he's trying to be one of my guys. He is trying to be one of your yeah. guys. <laughs> and pretty much any time he fights, someone's going to have a spectacular finish exactly. in the first round. <laughs> or it's going to be a wild first round, so he, he's appointment viewing. Of course. You know what I didn't do is I didn't consider, before we got on the uh, the recording here, who we would be talking about for a contested round. And that's the, that's kind of what I'm debating here. Do you have any kind of inclinations that you thought? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see something that Jennifer Maya and Viviana Arujo. We'll see. Uh... Oh, Scott, there's a fight on here that I, I think may have just been made as well. Michelle Pereira and uh, Andre Petrovsky. Yeah, I, I like that fight That a is lot. a good one. At, mi- at middleweight, too, which is where Pereira probably belongs. All right, so, so yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I like that fight too. I, I, I the only reason I said that because timing wise, I pulled up the card and I saw it. Yeah, that's I that's just I just one. pulled up the card as well. Honestly, it's a decent card. Like you know, for for what these are, it's a decent card. Um, for what it's worth, I would say the fight we're going to be talking about, just to be a little different, I'm going to say Ashley Yoder and uh, Emily Gucotti. Okay, that's solid bet. Straw weights. 
It's a solid bet. <laughs> You're probably right, though, too. All right, that does it for this episode. We'll be back again to break down all the rounds from UFC Vegas 81. Maybe I'll even have a voice by then. We'll see. I think Scott will have a voice by then. I hope he did. Don't jinx it. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.